Oh, and welcome to the latest Leash Day Love Leash podcast. We have a new guest this week, our very own Mark Comerford, who is now part of the Leash Today team for the summer months, joins us. Mark is from Mount Mellick and has been contributing to Leash Today for the past couple of months, since early this year anyway. Mark, you're very welcome and best of well, luck on your Love Leash podcast debut. Can't wait for it. Yeah. Uh, Mark, uh, we're also joined by Alan. How are you keeping, Alan? So, big, big moment. Very, very warm. Have, I'm very warm, so yeah, I'm very, very warm. It's uh, it's uh, it's very hot out there. I don't think that's in our agenda, but we may address the heat. Yeah. It's um, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> I call it, I call it clammy. I don't know what you call it, but it's not uh, it's not comfortable anyway. Because um, I I love the warm weather. I love sunshine and all that. I like being able to lie out in it. She can't lie out in this because it gets hit by thunder and lightning and hailstones and big hit. My all my um. Lovely recliner chairs got drowned overnight, and they're all out in the out in the out in the grass. They're now trying to dry out. No, I should have brought them. In. They'll be brought in from now on anyway. They're all ruined, so they're terrible. <laughs> That's it. Bring them in now. <laughs> anyway, Mark Mark uh, has been reporting on us for us on um, you know a variety of started out at sport. Uh, has contributed a couple of good features in that. And in recent times, Mark, you've got right into the nitty-gritty of it, local council meetings, and you were at a joint policing commission committee meeting yesterday in Leash County Council. Um, anyone not familiar with these, these are sort of, they're like council meetings, got county councillors at them, the TDs are at them, uh, and then there's community representatives at them, and they're held in Leash County Council. They're about four times a year, and they're, they're, they're members of the local Gardaí Connor are present as well. Um Hit us with the big story from that yesterday. Yeah, I was certainly thrown into the deep end with that one um, to go with the uh, Giant Policing Committee. Uh, the big one coming out was from the heat. Um, there's a lot of violence going on over there, apparently, and a lot of intimidation and stuff like that. Um, Tom Jones, who's a former guard himself, he's the Leash PPN rep, he, um, he addressed it. He was just saying there was a, an issue... Recently, outside the GA grounds there, where there was a, a mass brawl, he described it as, and himself and Brian Stanley backed it up that there was bill hooks and knives being used, and it was a fairly serious situation. Yeah, that, that doesn't sound very pleasant, Alan, does it? Obviously, Tom Jones wears a lot of different hats, but he's obviously a PPN rep, former guard, and obviously people know him through the GA uh, association as well, but he's also, he's, he's, he's from the heat, or well, he's from Longford originally, but he's living on the heat for a long time, and I actually nearly have to pull you up, Mark. Nothing happens in the heat, it's on the heat. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> I'll watch my P's and Q's in future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah the, 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 that story wasn't was particularly troubling, all right. It's not nice to see, and it can't be very nice for people living out in that area. Um, and anybody, obviously, like the Heat GA Club is, is there, and it's one of the nicest grounds in the country. They've developed there the whole time, they've put in uh. New juvenile element to it to have a small bit of uh, astroturf to build a gym. They've done an awful lot of work out there. They would, yeah, they've done a huge amount of work out there and more to do from the last time I was out there for a, for a junior game. I was talking to a few of them and the great plan. So, um, you don't want uh that type of activity then happening on your doorstep when you're um on the opposite side of the road putting in all the good work. So. Hopefully now the Gardaí can um, tackle that and stop it from happening. It's hard to stop it, I suppose, unless you arrive on the scene when it's happening. But um, I'm sure they have ways and means of trying to uh, deter people it's, from... It's, 
it's no harm the, it's, it's no harm these incidents being highlighted at a public meeting like that mm. so, and particularly when the incident happened only two days before the meeting in question so it gets media coverage immediately and there has to be zero tolerance for this type of incident in in, in our society um well it's it's far from a new thing because tom told a couple of stories a particularly sad one i thought was uh two elderly men in their 80s went off to church last sunday or the sunday before and came back the house was robbed and ransacked um you know there's older farmers being blockaded from entering their own property as well and it's been going on for over a year apparently so there's yeah, a sir. Fairly, fairly grim in, in that context, all right. Alan, just touch, we'll stay with sort of county council type stories. I know that was the JPC meeting that was that Mark was at. Council live streaming one. This one has been bubbling away for a long time. It sort of came to a head last week. We're at the most recent year and a half meeting. Been, yeah, year and a half it's been going on. It was um, it was originally brought forward by um, Fine Gael, former Fine Gael councillor Ashley Moore, who is now an independent councillor. And she um she wanted to see it brought in. She she actually proposed it, and it was seconded about eighteen months ago. But uh, the, the the motion at the time said the provision be made for live streaming. So the council upgraded their um their cameras, which technically covered them. That they did make provision for live streaming, but they didn't actually have to start doing the live streaming. That's what Donald Brennan, the director of services, said that they did follow the motion. The motion was provision to be made for live streaming. So uh, anyway, it's been going on. There was a committee set up to investigate. Now, in fairness, the committee did good work. Ollie Clooney, independent councillor, was, was chair, but there was a range of different councillors from across the political spectrum um, sat on it and they went off and investigated. They spoke to uh, the councils where it is in place so they got their views and feedback on it. Uh, I don't have the notes in front of me, but I think it was going to cost something like could have been twenty five thousand maybe or something like that to do it. Um, the argument against it from uh, a couple of the councillors, Fianna Fáil and Gael councillors, largely were the ones who were against it. Actually, they were the only ones who were against it. They, they all voted in block against it. But um, their it's argument was that group. in the other councils. The technical group is made up of the, the independents, excluding Ollie Clooney. Who he votes with Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael. The technical group is made up of Labour's Marie Tuhi, uh, Caroline Dwayne Stanley and Aidan Mullins from Sinn Féin, independent Ben Brennan and now independent Ashling Moore. And James Kelly, yeah. Oh, James um, Kelly, sorry, so I have, forgot James, yeah. Yeah, so so anyway, the the, the arguments against it were from the, the Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael side. I think John John Fenley was said that he felt that looking at the numbers that were viewing the municipals where it was, uh, going on, there were somewhere in the region of one to two hundred people out of a population of about a hundred thousand. I think it was in Fingal, maybe was one of the case studies they had, and he felt that was quite low to justify the money that we spent. Another argument was made by PJ Kelly, being a gay counselor, who who actually you you like this one now. He he felt sorry for the, us in the media. He said that the media come and the go to the meetings and they get their stories out of it, and sure if they were live stream, there'd be no need for the media. So that was a, another argument that was made um, against the Pascal McAvoy felt that as this council was in heading into its final year, that this should be a matter that's decided when the new council comes in. That's a good They have five years. And that, that was what he felt. So there were the arguments against it. The arguments for it then were, uh, I think it was Caroline Newell, Sandy and Aidan Mullins both spoke about the fact that um, in the other councils where it is there, there's archive options. So therefore... 
if a counselor wanted to do use promotion on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever, they could actually put up a clip of them speaking about a particular issue and use that. It also, uh, if you get an answer, like we'd often see Alan Hartnett will put in a motion for a new footpath and he'll get an answer. And uh, six months ago, might go by and nothing will happen. And the same motion will come back again and he'll get a similar type answer. Whereas with this, they'd actually be able to go and look, I brought this up on this date and here is the answer you gave me. And now you're giving me the same answer again. There are those minutes not all available on the Leash County Council website anyway. There would be, but I suppose the, the argument was now you're seeing it, you're actually using the words out of your own mouth and you can see it coming. And also it would be handy then for other looking back on things if a certain element was used in uh, it to deal with one issue in one area, then it should be used the same in another area. But yeah, you're right, of course, that would be available in the minutes, but maybe easier to, to see in video form. So anyway, long and the short, but it was a vote. There's 19 councillors. Ollie Clooney is chairman of the committee, abstained. Uh, the six that you named out voted in favour and the 12 um, or remaining councillors voted against, so it was rejected. And Ashing Moran wasn't very happy about this. She let rip. She did. She was she was trying actually from, she, she was in hospital at the time. I hope she's uh, out of hospital and feeling better now, but she was joining from online from, from hospital and she wasn't happy. And I think she's actually, as we speak here now, I think yesterday she was on social media again. She posted up the names of the people who voted against it and she said it was a, a vote against transparency and she wondered what they had to hide and all the rest of it. So, uh, yeah, no, wasn't wasn't pleased, but I'd say the matter is closed now anyway until um, I, I could be revisited again when a new council comes. I suppose that'll be up to them to decide what, what they want to do if there's different people in it, but definitely it's in the majority in favour of it now. What are your views on it, Mark? I was just thinking, surely you could just record them and put it on YouTube and have have it archived that way as opposed to the expense of live streaming it. Like, I don't see what advantage live streaming has. I'm all for having it on video, even if it does cost us... And it is being recorded. Like, but, but that system is in there now, Alan. It, can, it is recorded now. It's, or it can be recorded. The videos are there to well, speak. it could be recorded. Yeah, oh no, it could be. I think, um, like, so I remember, now this wasn't actually discussed the last time, but I remember the last thing this was discussed, it was said that, you know, for legal reasons, because sometimes there's, they're not covered by Dáil privilege like they are in, in Dáil Éireann, and there's sometimes in arguments things can be said that would be libelous if we, you know, if they were put out there into the, into put the world. Out. Yeah. <laughs> we can uh, say it then in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if one of the meetings at the time when they were discussing it was said that the, it would have to be done on a on a delay, so there would have to be somebody there uh, uh, watching the meeting, and then if they they would have to obviously have training and uh, they would need to be able to make judgments. Then that if there was something said that um, would be libelous, that they would push a button and basically you, you wouldn't hear the sound would go. And then, but it would have to be on a delay then. So that, would that be poor lad that could, that be, that poor lad could be flat out at certain meetings. Like, <laughs> beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> surely, surely that'd be in the minutes anyway, no? Uh, would which be? Would be the, the minutes, minutes aren't word for word. Anything that was said that might be a little left field or a little unsavory would surely still be in I the think minutes. The minutes. I think the minutes only record decisions. They don't really record yeah, do. the, the sort record of discussion. to and fro. Yeah, but like my sense of this meeting, and it was at some of the county council meetings. Ashley Moore is a very vocal. She makes some very credible cases, but like she's she has obviously fallen out with Finnegale and has left Finnegale over numerous issues. Um, has you know she she has outlined her her grievances, 
and may possibly run as an independent candidate in next year's local elections. My sense of this is well, that a lot of people were against it because Ashling was for it. And that, to me, isn't a good enough reason. Um, I also sense that, like, what in the name of... There's one, two parts of it. One, what do they have to hide? Absolutely nothing. In, in some ways, I remember Aidan Mullen stormed out of a meeting one day because of the childish carry-on of some of the councillors. Um, and he said they were lucky it wasn't live streamed to be, you know... Shame on the whole lot of them, etc. He threw a bit of a huff and walked on out. It was quite funny. Um, but like there are certain things said. Now, some of them really have to clip their wings, um, because some of them come away, come out with throwaway remarks that have nothing really got to do with what has been discussed at hand. But if that little clip was put up on Twitter, it'd probably be cause for the resignation the next day. Now, I'm not so sure the Leash County Councillors are ready for that level of um visibility. But the vast, vast majority of the time, like I'm, uh, vast majority of the time, nobody, I don't know what type of a person you would want to be to sit down and watch the entirety of a Leash County Council meeting. Yeah. Is that, uh, is that an exaggeration, Alan? Like, I know it's no, no, it's not. Like, obviously, there's, there's issues if you have, you know, like if there's particular groups or if there's individual issues that, that are going to be raised by councillors, sure, yeah, you'd like to see it. And unless you're, um, this was the argument actually made. Unless you were actually in Port Leash at eleven o'clock on the Monday, which sure ninety five percent of the country is in full employment or whatever it is, so like that's out of the question. Um, for for the majority of people, they're going to be working. So I think it'd even uh, be hard, further hired up to be watching it on on, on TV. On TV, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Surely, no, again, though. Go ahead. No, no, far ahead there, yeah. No, if if you put it on YouTube again, you could timestamp every councillor, every motion, have it like that, so you can watch whatever two minutes you're interested in, rather than sitting through fifteen motions. <laughs> yeah, finding out which road's going to be dug up in which town next week. Yeah, well, the council, the council, isn't, I don't think anybody were the suggesting. Is it full council meetings or all the council meetings, Alan? It was. It was just the full. Well, I don't think it really specified. To be fair, actually, because I mean. They're all on in the chamber, so they easily could have all been all been live streamed under it. I I, I think though the, the premise was the monthly ones, but I mean there, there was no real specification then. Councillor John Joe Fenley's argument that not that many people he was using, as you said, fingers for hundred and fifty. I was flabbergasted that there at some point there was one hundred and fifty people sitting down to watch it. That must be a <laughs> that must be the all time like, yeah. peak or something. Yeah, yeah. I, that can't I, be I, an I average was... like. It's either in Fingal, somewhere in Dublin anyway, but I had a, you know, a, a big population. But yet, yeah, as you said, it was 150. I'm sure some of those affluent areas in Dublin, they're like, you know, there'd be, wouldn't have a whole lot to be doing anyway. They'd be sitting down and having the, the cucumber sandwich and the and the, the tea out of the China cup and they might have nothing else to be doing with themselves. Bar, I don't know if there's uh, many bar. cucumber sandwiches in Fingal now, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also suggest there's better things to be doing, even on a Monday morning. <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't see any problem with it being live streamed. I do think, I do think a lot of them would have to behave themselves a bit better. Every well, not every single one of them, but the vast majority of them would have to behave themselves better at, for fear of what could happen to them because they are live streamed or because a clip could be taken up and brought out of context. Because you don't get like someone could crack a joke which is offensive, which is could be insulting to one of the other individuals in question potentially given taken out of context but the vast majority like even yeah. across party they all get on with each other there'd be a couple of old snide remarks uh, at each other and 
Um, they definitely could get into trouble if it was clipped and thrown up on Twitter where everyone is waiting to be offended. But Leach County Council yep. Chamber isn't a very offensive place. Like There could be a few old barb jokes thrown out there at different stages. But it's all taken in the, as someone said, it's the cut and trust of the council chamber. So I don't know. I don't see any. I, I don't see any problem with doing it. Um, I think Ashley Moore made a very fine contribution on it. I think she's probably going a little bit over the top in her criticism of people voting against it. You're allowed to vote whatever way you want. Um, I don't think it's really against transparency because people can still go in there and look at it if they want. It's their public meetings; they can go in and look at them if they want. But I really do. Would there are some issues that would be a fairly wide public concern? But I really do think you'd want to have. I don't know what you'd want to be going on in your life to be sitting down and watching four or five hours of it on a Monday. Like, I just don't know. Anyway, I don't. I I, I love the councillors as a whole and all that, but I do think you'd want to be fairly hard up now to be going going sitting down and watching it. Yeah, I think so. Thank you, Chairman. You're not <laughs> No, I don't mind doing it, but I just think the people who would sit down and watch it, they they need to they need to be looking at their life choices. I think, but. <laughs> Anyway, we'll move on to the next. Oh yeah, this is a council story as well. I like this one. I was um, this has come up at loads of council meetings. The Portlaoise bus service. Now maybe you're not as uh, excited about this one as I am. <laughs> <laughs> that will never be honest. But yes, go on. <laughs> there's there's a new bus service coming for Portlaoise that is going to have two routes, two buses on at any particular time, going every thirty minutes and seventy bus stops in Portlaoise. It will start. It'll start at the Bellingham Estate on the Mount Rat Road on one route. Come down to Mount Rat Road, up to Portlaoise College, turn left. It'll be a stop at Portlaoise College. It'll come down to the, the Harpers Lane, turn right, stop stop at Knockmay School, go back down to the Mount Lake Road, stop at the train station, come back up James Finton Lawler Avenue, down, stop at Lee Shopping Centre. That goes out to Stradbury Road, stops at the, the new schools at Acne Harda, goes up the Block Road, stops at the hospital, stops at the hospital again at the Dublin Road, and then ends in Kilminchy. So that's one route. I don't know how many thousand people it's serving. And the other route then starts on the Ballyfin Road, uh, comes in, comes goes around by Fairgreen, in the Mount Mellick Road, stops at most of the estates on the Mount Mellick Road, links up with the other one. So you could get off at Portlaoise train station and get up onto the other one if you wanted. Comes down James Finton Lawler Avenue, stops at Lee Shopping Centre, stops at the church, goes up the Boris Road, stops at the two secondary schools and finishes on Collier's Lane. I think this is a serious addition to the town of Port. Going from half seven in the morning till, I think, 12 o'clock at night. Um, Two buses on oh, every thirty really? minutes. Every thirty minutes. Um, some of the councillors, Catherine Fitzgerald, has we've all been banging on about this now for the last couple of years, and are beginning to give out that it's taking so long. But Simon Walton and Leash County Council, his director of services for Port Leash, tells me they hope to have it up and running by early next year, early twenty twenty four. Um, you can get a leap card. So Jimmy Cavanagh, we mentioned Jimmy Cavanagh previously. Uh, the, the face of the leap cards <laughs> yeah. behind the Dublin bus uh, going to Parnell Park there last week, and Jimmy Cavanagh was looking out at me from the double decker bus up around Whitehall or somewhere. But you get your leave card for it. It doesn't go out the Abbey Leaks Road, which is a little bit of a bone of contention. Like I would have thought. So it doesn't really take in a Moor Park, no. But I reckon for families, for teenagers, for, you know, Port Leash is a low-carbon town. Um, and I was out for a few pints myself on Saturday night. I live in Port Leash. Um, and I would love to have hopped on, on one of these bus go till 12 o'clock. I was home at half 11 or so. I would love to have hopped on one of these bus for 160. And you're at home. Would have dropped me at, at, the, at the door, more or less. I don't know. I think this it, is it will. It definitely, by the sounds of that, will uh, completely and utterly transform an awful lot of town. I was in um, Galway on a stag um, a couple of weeks ago, or nearly a month ago now, 
and they had a, a bus service like that, same as what you have in Dublin. Will they actually? Will they have the 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 signs above the the stops to tell you how far away or how long it's going to take? Yeah, well, all, to all of that, the bus stops is one of the big issues of it. That has to go out to tender. Um, so the NTA has been fully funded by the okay. National Transport Authority, and they have to put it out to tender. They put the bus stops. I think is it is it seventy bus stops or fifty bus stops that has to. It's a fairly big project now, but the hmm. Port Leash are behind the one. The Carlow one, I think, is on the way. And the Clonmel one is on the way. And when they're Port Leach is the next one in line after those. Um, but obviously the Abbey Leaks Road, like I would have thought maybe out to the new Junction 17 and out, out there might have been a good depot for one as well. But the, the, it's all done on um, population, CSO figures. Like there's obviously not as many houses out that direction. And I actually think that the Port Leach GA grounds would be a good place for it to be nearly going out to as well. I, I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't get enough during the day. Um but it, it should definitely that should be a route that's included somewhere on it sure like mm. how many kids would be going out that direction and, but I and suppose it's, possibly, it's done on trends possibly it's can't done on, get on it as well it's probably done on trends in that like so that there wouldn't be that many people going out there at 11 o'clock in the day okay fair enough you yeah. know so but but perhaps well there is there is a lot of houses like I'm sure a little bit of the route could be taken in the that will come up that narrow lane, Aknaharna, that comes out on on the Ratley Road there opposite Adams Garage, would be a good. But I just I just think I think it's, it will be a significant addition to the town of Port Leash, which now has a population of twenty five thousand plus. And I think once it's in, it will be a, a really good project. The bus the bus opera, operator obviously has to go to tender as well. So they're the two the two big elements of it. I just think I I imagine a lot of families who are often dropping kids to school, you know, dropping kids to downtown different things i think it'll, i think it'll be a, all the houses i've lived in port leash myself for the past 10 or 12 years and i think it'll be a serious addition so i think that's as i say a good news story and um one that in you know obviously we're not as big as Galway. we're not a, we're not a college town like carlo but i think i think i think it'll be a thing to, for someone to hang their hat on um when it's in so that's what uh, on a different play, story, yeah. sorry play, play devil, i was going to say devil's advocate on that would it not be more service to Leash as a whole to have the more rural towns connected as opposed to 750 or 7 clubs in Port Leash alone? Would it not make more sense if you had more interconnectivity with Boris and Ostry, Mount Draft, Mount Mellig, Port, well, even think, down I as think, far as Greg, Cretyard? I think there's a reasonable enough level of um, bus service connecting those to Port Leash. I don't know about obviously connecting Mount Millick to Great Cullen or somewhere. I wouldn't say the traffic would be great uh, on that. <laughs> yeah, probably less demand <laughs> for it. But... Yeah, but look, it is. I, I, this type of service cannot come cheap. But like, if we're living in a, you know, if the green agenda and Port Leash is a low carbon town, and you see the traffic around Port Leash every morning at all the schools. Now, maybe primary schools are a little bit different. That. Well, they probably can. Like, what would be wrong with eight and nine-year-olds going on this type of a bus in Port Leash? If you lived in Bellingham and going to Holy Family or something, I don't, don't see it. Drop you at the door, more or less. Well, it'll drop you, you'd have to walk on the path the rest of the way. But traffic there, the traffic on the Boris Road, to the, to the secondary schools in particular, if all school, if all people in, from Port, in the urban area of Port Leash can now get a bus to school, you know, for five or six euro a week, that's a huge. I think that's a huge development. I'm yeah, all for it no, anyway, but so. I probably will never use yeah. it in my life, though, because I've had a different... No, neither will I, or, or Mark. <laughs> so, but it does look, it does sound, and I mean, for anybody, like, say, if you're living out in Kilminchi, for example, and you want to get into 
town. I think you probably have to get on the green bus at the minute, and it brings mm-hmm. you. We could walk. To... Yeah, but if you're seventy or eighty, you can't walk. Well, yeah, and shopping and... bags or anything. But the other thing, though, I, I suppose I think of it, if you're living in yeah, Kilmichi and, you... and, and you're living in Kilmichi and you want to go to Ross Lane to play soccer or something, you can hop on it and mm. bring you. You know. Yeah. No. It it does sound it does sound promising and like it'll all depend on how well it's serviced, how regular it is, and also how like. If if it's going to work, the buses are going to have to be quite frequent. Like you can't mm. have like an hour between the stops, or even say it's every even thirty minutes. minutes. Like they say every thirty minutes. Even that's a bit. Yeah, I don't know. I but think, you'll yeah. get to know though. It's what like it has to. To me, that even sounds a little bit butch. You know, like that. There are two buses on the whole time, so they obviously have the times calculated that like. So they both start at the same time at opposite ends. I. I yeah, I think four buses in total is what, what whatever bus operator gets it will have to have four buses that can be out the whole time. Anyway, that's I think it's a good one. You were down in Ballockmore, Alan. This is a good one. Yeah, I um was at the the South Mark where it's coming to one school um Harland finals a couple of weeks ago and um Squales called Sleedala were were in a final against um Mayo of Pretty Art. I don't think you could get. Two places that were further away from one another in Leash, the tried, like, you know. Uh, and I was talking to them beforehand, and it just struck me that I'd never been there. Um, I, I had an idea where it was in my head, but I'd never actually been to the place. And it's a great school. There's only three of them in Leash. I hope I've been saying that all week. I hope there's only three of them in Leash. There's Quail School Port Leash, there's Quail School in Trumra, and, and this one, there's not any more, is there? More. So Ballackmore is like the last stop before you get to Ross Grey, essentially, just to the right yeah. as you head to, to basically, Ross Grey, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I went um, Strably, Port Leash, Mount Rath, Boris Nostry, uh, which is yeah, no, yeah, well, it was nice bit now. Um, but Kyle is the name of the GA club, but Ballackmore is the and name of the village. The school is directly opposite us there. So arrived there on Monday morning, bright and early. I think the school had started and. Uh, the two classrooms, the four classrooms. Sorry, they've a they've a junior infants to second class in one classroom, and a third class to sixth class in another classroom. Now it's all port cabins. That's what they have. The school uh, closed in the nineteen seventies uh, and was reopened in two thousand and five or two thousand six by a group of parents got together and lobbied and got it back going again. Um, and it was reopened. I think as just as very very and it's grown. Since, and, was it opened as um, a Gwale school? Was it reopened as yeah. a Gwale school? Yeah, it didn't, it didn't change yeah. to a Gwale school after it reopened. No. Okay. No, reopened as a Gwale school. There was a lot of parents in the area who were passionate about the language and wanted to keep it alive and didn't want to have to send their kids, um, you know, to Trummer or Port Leash or wherever, you know, into Tipperary to find a Gwale school and they wanted to set one up here. So they re-established it, got it going. It moved from its original location that, that was uh, demolished, that old building, and moved up adjacent to the GA pitch, but it was in Port Cabins. Um and it still is in Port Cabins. But from um they're in the process now of packing everything up. And from September when they go back, they're going to be stationed over in the GA club in Kyle. Uh and they hope to have their brand new modular built school um by Christmas. So um we hear a lot about modular housing and, and this, but I've never been in a modular built school before. Um, so I've been invited back now for for when that's on when they get the the ground up. But it's kind of the way the way the principal um, Previda. Teresa, yeah, Previda, 
described it to me was like Lego blocks and you you know you, you you put the Lego together and then you put a roof over the top of it and it looks the plans now it looks it's all in the same site so it won't change you know it, it's going to be the same area it'll be bigger obviously because it'll be won't be port cabins but it looks absolutely fantastic and it will be built in a matter of months contract signed money everything is all there it's all ready to go and and it'll be brilliant for them and um, the kids themselves were absolutely fantastic 39 of them between the two mainstream classes they also have two uh, early intervention ASD units so these and these are for kids from say three upwards and they are that's taught through English and the rest of the, the two mainstream classes are taught through Irish the only subject that isn't is English obviously uh, the rest of it is all Irish and it's full immersion so, so when you walk in there in junior infants you are fully immersed into um into Irish and it's that's the way it works. So like there's no and and it's not militant. Like they fully appreciated the fact that I haven't spoken Irish since two thousand and ten. Uh I did it in the leaving search. I did honors. Okay. But what you get Yeah, but I B two. B two same as B two. B two B one I think maybe but <laughs> Yeah, um, but like I couldn't, yeah. but I couldn't speak it though, and I couldn't. I barely understood. Like I just learned stuff off. It wasn't even that I understood it. Whereas the kids there, you know, they were they were coming up to me, and um, you know, they, they fully appreciated the fact that I had very little, and they were, you know, I was trying a bit, and they said it back to me, and then we'd talk in English for the bits I couldn't understand. But they played. Uh, when I arrived, the third sixth class were did a full. They're big into this. If you see a lot of those, we the story on the score. Um, and a lot of those kids featured heavily in the score for their different clubs. So they're big into the Irish music and they, they were playing the banjo and the what, did, did they play all this especially for you? I don't think that was especially for me. Uh, I think they were they <laughs> going to visit be... <laughs> Yeah. No, I think they were going to be oh, I'd met a lot of them at the coming on school I mean, previously. So they they, they sort of they knew who I was and all that. I didn't have to we didn't have to be introduced. You have a couple of features coming on uh Ballet's Gwale School Sleed all about I find that fascinating that it's because uh, it was only opened in two thousand and five. I've always have a, a bee in my bonnet that the primary school in Vickerstown was closed in yeah. the mid nineteen sixties. And uh, I feel hard done by that. Like I think why did it close it? Mm. Like, I think it robs a community of a sort of a focal point. I know in Barrow House they went about they went about closing the school in Barrow House in the sixties or seventies, and the or they might have been down to one teacher, or to stop funding the second teacher, or maybe they were only down to one teacher. But the local community more or less did a a crowdfund or whatever, and they paid the teacher to keep teaching there that particular year. Yeah. And the following year, the department eventually said, "Right, so we we'll pay it." Like you know, we'll go, and they kept it open, and it had been closed. But it's just... Two areas in Leash that lost their, their schools that I know of, and that's yourselves in Biggerstown and Clonad. Clonad, yeah. Um, you know, and, and like I think it's an awful thing for for an area to lose a school. So you lose a school, like God, it's very difficult for everything. GA population, the whole lot of it is, it, is it, affected it, by it. My 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 good friend, Father Joe Brophy, he's the parish priest in Mount Rat, serves Trummer and that a Biggerstown man. But he said there was some study done. I think he could have done it in maybe some course he did himself in, in UCD at sunset, but there was a study done that anywhere a school closed, you see, there were schools in Moret and Emo that that closed, but the Emo school stayed open. There was a school in Dunamace, but Ratanesca stayed open. You know, there was for, for, for each area. But any school, anywhere where a school closed, in time, the GA club essentially might have followed or the pub followed or the shop followed, but they closed as well and never reopened. So there's a serious knock-on effect. But I, the Kyle is a lovely little village, the lovely GA grounds. There is low down 
like their junior B hurling elite or something at, at, at adult level. So they are they struggle with numbers, but to get their school and keep it open. And I think with a Gwail school, I think there's a thing as well, like that you get twice or maybe close to twice the amount of grants, and it's very hard to close a Gwail school down. So whenever numbers yeah, um, go really small, I think it's nearly impossible to close a Gwail school. And they, they got a lot of support down. You'll read all this in the article, but Liam O'Neill, who obviously done massive work in Trumra, is chairman of the board of management there out in in in. in, in it's an LOE TV school, school, I think, isn't it? No, no, no I, I, I okay. thought it was. It's not. It it has dual uh, patronage. It's actually both um, Catholic and Church of Ireland. It it does. Oh, right. It serves both. Yeah, very clever. We're nearly out of time, um, and we're not going to start another call on this, but we'll just rattle through. I want to wish Francie Gorman, Spinkman, but Ban the Killer IFA man, he is going for president of the IFA. That is a serious undertaking. There are 945 branches in the country. I, at the moment, he's up against the uh, Martin Stapleton from Limerick, who has been put forward by Limerick. Francie is the current, he's a former Leash IFA chairman, Farms and Balnakil from Spink. Absolutely wonderful character, and he's cut out for the top of whatever organisation he's in. Um, if any organisation wanted to rent a chairman to, to chair a meeting, Francie would be your man. I was at an IFA AGM one time, and a lad went off topic. He went about to stand up to go off topic. Now, I didn't know he was going to go off topic, but Francie knew this fella. And he said, I think we're talking about beef. And Brian Rush, the deputy president, was there, you know, they were asking him questions. And Francie goes, is this going to be about beef? No. And he made, made the mic be taken off your man because he was going off topic. And the IFA is a powerful lobbying organisation representing farmers. Um, obviously, the late Parik Walsh, when he died this year, is Leash's most recent IFA president. But Francie, he, he, Francie absolutely walked the South Leinster chairman. He's currently technically third in line. There's chairman, deputy chairman, and then there's four branch or regional chairman. And Francie is one of those. So he walked the South Leinster one. He's a great character. Uh, he broke his leg earlier this year, but he's go- going for it. So that, that'll be later this year in November, December. I want to wish, we'll have, definitely have to get him in for an interview because he's a fantastic character and a seriously competent individual. So that's that. Fianna Fáil convention, I was at that on Friday night in uh, the Collection Hotel. So they selected their candidates and I'll run through this quickly before we run out of time. Um, Councillor Catherine Fitzgerald and John Joe Fenley were selected in Port Leash. There was three candidates defeated in Port Leash. Um, Evan McAvoy was next in line. Uh, Pauline Madigan and Naeem Iqbal it's reckoned at least one of them will still be added to the ticket but uh, Jack Chambers I interviewed Jack Chambers at it he didn't say what they're going to do they have to sort of see you know to see the light of land in the Great Cullen Port Harrington Municipal District Pascal McAvoy existing sitting councillors Pascal McAvoy and uh, Parry Fleming were selected uh, Willie Ransom from Tim Hall he got 21 votes he did very very well he put in a strong showing but he wasn't enough he was only up against um, Parry Fleming uh, who's the same area as him? Pascal McAvoy was deemed the, the emo area of that, um, and it was unopposed. But but Willie Ransom put up a fair show, and it'd be interesting to see now can he be accommodated and added. And then in the Boris McMillick district, so it went to be a different approach there. They had gone with three candidates in the north of that constituency: Declan Good, who ran the last time, as well as sitting councillors um, Paddy Bracken and Seamus McDonald. And in the sort of the Boris Nostry part of that district, uh, Fint Cuddy from Castletown defeated former chairman Liam O'Neill, who you mentioned previously. Uh, and it's going to be a new candidate. So there's great buzz at it. Jack Chamber was at it. These conventions, they were all dressed to the nines, they were voting, there was fair energy and that to it. A few of them were nervous, but they're, they're now selected, and it'll be interesting to see who else is added to it. So look, I think we'll leave it at that for this week. Mark, I want to thank you very much for your time for joining us. We'll have David Walsh Chemist interview with him next week uh, coming up, uh, but uh, we didn't have time for it this week. So for myself, Alan, Mark and his debut, that's over now. Good luck, God bless. 